Get ready for some ASO fun That's been out of print since about 91 Americans and Chapter E ASL Module 3 Hurry right away, don't delay by today When it can't be had, you'll be sad, you'll be mad The box art is really fine I can't wait till I get mine Listen here, guess what's here, have you heard, spread the word everywhere, that Yanks is reissued, Yanks is reissued, the web's buzz buzzing everywhere, so prepare, pre-order, send the word, spread the word everywhere, it's on pre-order, it's on pre-order. We just can't wait till the second dead is here. Buddy, get ready for Yanks ASL fun. These scenarios, there's about 41. Paratrooper module 2. And chapter H is in there too. U.S. Army chits, not Marines in this kit. Yanks won't break the bank, it's just 128. Make your buddies play with you and make sure they buy one too. Listen here, guess what's here? Have you heard? Spread the word everywhere. That Yanks is reissued, Yanks is reissued. The web's buzz buzzing everywhere. So prepare, pre-order. Send the word, tell the world to prepare. Our wait is over, it's finally over. And we just can't wait till the second dead gets here. Welcome to another episode of the Two Half Squads, the um, only podcast on the net dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. I'm Dave. I'm Jeff. And we're your hosts. We can't help it. We're the only I, ones here, so we have to be the hosts. We've tried to find I'm glad you announced which show this was, because for a moment I, I wasn't really sure I where I was. Oh, the show name, not yeah. the number. No, it doesn't matter what So now we're is. flipping numbers, so this might be 160... Yeah. Was that what we did with the interview? It, uh, yeah. I'm making things uh, difficult, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody really cares. They're not going to write and say, you, wrote, you, you, had the, you said the wrong number. So They spend so much time telling us all the stuff we say wrong about ASL, <laughs> we don't want to overburden them with Actually, a lot of details. Actually, they, they don't comment enough. They should comment more. They probably should comment more. Say. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But the point here is we're doing a quick show at my house. Jeff has this very bizarre-looking microphone. It's a beautiful mic. It looks like it a is, classic It's a classic microphone. old, giant, silvery, bluish. This is called the, got, the Yeti microphone. It's got the word blue on it. Yeah, the blue. it might be blue Yeti, in fact. 
And I'm it, not sure. It were, it's you just plop this big old thing. It's as thick as your arm. Well, my arm because I'm stronger than Jeff, so it's thicker. And sit plop it right in the middle of the. What did I say something? No. Oh. Yeah, you plopped it. That's a that's a well plopped microphone <laughs> right there. Plug it right into the computer, and away we go. And we're recording. Yeah. So the quality. All the, so but we don't have all the the fine. Uh, uh, Mixing sound board. effects and things like that. Yeah. So if we get to what's in the box, we're going to have to say it like this. What's in the box? It's the underwater It's hard effects. on my lips. Here, let me try doing it to you. Yeah, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> All righty. Stop it. So anyway, we had recorded last time, so we almost can, almost can promise the next episode will be an interview with... Russ Gifford. Russ, good recall. Yeah, our very good friend. Now our good friend, Russ Gifford. <laughs> yeah. So look forward to that, folks. Yeah. All Russ, all the time. Yeah. Great history of the game going to be coming up next show. Yeah. Great history. I mean, great game. history of the game. For those people that are really interested in some of the real the, historical yeah. details yeah. and want to relive those golden days. Those halcyon years, whatever halcyon <laughs> means. Yesteryear. Yeah. Uh, talking about the people, the movers, the shakers, McNamara, all those old names I used to read in the general yeah. before Jeff was even playing war games. And we will warn you, it is not an expose. He doesn't, uh, it, it's not a tell-all. No. Like something that Kim Kardashian would write or just, Spiro Agnew. Guys who love the game and the development of the game. Yeah. Spiro Agnew? Spiro Agnew, yeah. He went to prison for... Uh, did he go to prison? Well, he got convicted of tax evasion. He had to oh, resign. Yeah. He resigned the vice presidency. Yeah. And then Nixon resigned. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Uh, in their case, 100%. And they and they were like, you know, representatives of the the conservative yeah. family values yeah. kind of, you know, anti-hippie kind of thing. But that's always the way it is. The ones who wave their uh, morals around the... End up the getting, most stringently... Uh, end up in, getting caught. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us. Yeah, just make them look all that more stupid. <laughs> I think if you were to come out and say, look, I'm a normal guy, I've got... I, I cheat, I lie, I do all kinds of stuff. Um, so if you... And I try not to, but if you discover it, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's 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 funny. At school, I, I do a lot of moral teaching in this history. Like... Uh, Martin Luther King, judged by the content of your character... Yeah, instead of the color of their skin, their you know, that's a great little thing to talk about with the kids. And I always urge them to do the right thing. And we talk about, you know, all kinds of things. Stuff. I, I usually have a lot more examples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to blank. Well, that like yeah. we talk about advertising. We talk about oh, yeah. how they try and deceive people a little and make you feel bad. And and of course, we're always constantly telling kids, you know, hey, knock it off, treat each other well. Why are you? Um, gossiping, all these yeah. various things that yeah. go on in a middle school, you can imagine, right? But yes. I'm putting in my lessons. Like, I tell the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight on the day, on the end of the day is that the cadets at the Air Force Academy all got caught cheating. It was back in, I don't know, maybe it was the 80s, 90s? But like 65 guys all, and kicked out. Because they don't mess around, they kick you out. Yeah. And talked about, you guys cheat on your test, quizzes, copy homework, you know. I'm going to kick you out. And tell, what you tell, him? tell the You're story out. of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and how it, what it represents is honor. And, and it, wouldn't you like it, kids, if people kept their word to you? And they all sit there and go, oh, yeah, 
Yeah, like the time my dad said he'd take me here and we never went. Yeah. Promised and all that. I go, it's very subtle, but it, it, it's, think about it. If everyone could just try and take their words more seriously. And then they all think I'm really this great person because I do all this moralizing. So I'm very careful to tell them I also have plenty of faults. And so don't be surprised when you read in the newspaper some horrible thing I did and I'm off to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have a new teacher. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Everybody does bad things. One example I tell is where I'm always tempted to lie, like when Laura would call up in the summer because I'm off, so I'd be reading ASL magazines or something, and she'd call, did you mop the floors yet? And I'd say, uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. no, no, oh. no, but I'm going to. Really? Catch myself. You, you would admit it? Yeah, I mean, why am I lying? I, I'm going to get it done. But, you know, it's just that gut reaction yeah. to do that. So, yeah, I'm, and I have lied, and I probably will. You will lie again. I'm glad this is coming out because this. Now I know when I leave here, I don't need to come back. Yeah, we're done. Well, actually, I have to confess, Jeff. Everything I just told you is a big lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to lie when you're playing ASL, though. <laughs> you know that is it is that. Like that, what? Add up the factors wrong? Well, no, you wouldn't do that. But uh, unless you're using uh, like hidden initial placement. Oh, yeah. Which I guess you, you don't, could, you don't you write could, it down. Yeah, you don't write it down, or you change it a little bit, like the guy's not looking, you know, <laughs> e, instead of E5, F5, you go, uh, E5. Yeah, that was better. Well, e5. actually, I had to you change ever done that? it. Have you ever done that? I've done it because yeah. I placed it in the wrong, mm-hmm. I wrote down the wrong number. Well, that's is not that believable. That's just Well, dumb. no, but is that believable? I mean, yeah. should I told him? Oh, I wrote down the wrong number. No. It, we're talking about. So I looked look, and went, wait a minute. That's not G12. That's E12. Yeah. I'm covering the the road. That's what I do. You're right. That's what I do. I'll look and I'll think, <laughs> no, that that wasn't stupid to put that there. No, no, no. I and, oh, and I didn't put it there. I actually, I just wrote down the wrong thing. I'm no, I mean, start really. I'm convincing myself of that. <laughs> no, really. Have you done that, though? You've written down your hidden and then you go, that's in the middle of open ground, B26. What the hell? I would never yeah. put it there. Well, I would have put it there. And I probably did. <laughs> I meant and E26, then after, the, yeah, yeah. the brush hex where I have hidden. Now I'm not even hip. Other than hip, though, there's there's no... It's hard to be dishonest in ASL. Yes, really. well... Remember, you know, unless somebody leaves the room and you re- try to rearrange the counters. I've never seen that. Because, we did a comedy bit with the, the dog growling at me. Oh, yeah, Charlie. <laughs> growling at growling me. Growling at you. And that's when we. I think we had the conversation. That sometimes I had actually accidentally lifted up someone's concealment. Yeah, because you, know, you get used to peeking under yours, yeah. and then you're all into it. You've had a couple beers or something, and you're. <laughs> and then I reached over, just lifted up, and went, "Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Those are yours." I'm just wondering what's under there. Oh yeah, oops, sorry. Yeah, but I haven't done that in a very long time. Well, and that was a mistake. That's different. A mental. That's that's different than being dishonest. I'd, but I, I'd be interested to know if anybody has encountered some dishonest players. Well, there was the dice guy with Bill. The dice Bob guy, Holmstrom. yeah. Well, do you think he knew? Yes. Oh, okay. But maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, it gets hard to, oh, you know, mentally forgetting things. I've had people accuse me of that, too. Forgetting things? Yeah, like I'm even playing you. You know, I ain't playing anybody. You forget that you turn your covered arc in a building that's double the... Oh, yeah. ...on the first shot. So you play, oh, I'm turning my covered arc, plus it's non-turreted, plus three, and you shoot, and you miss anyway, and but later... You know, he does it, and then I'm like, oh, wait, that's doubled, plus six. Well, you didn't say that when you were, well, I'm sorry, it's a very complicated game. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. trying to remember everything. But and when you're playing too, and I think we mentioned this on our show too, you're really looking for everything, right? Yeah. To help, to help you. Right. I'm more interested and, in myself. And when I'm just playing my side, I go quick. And then when he's doing something, I'm really thinking of all. I'm trying to scroll through all the rules more in a harder way, yeah. focusing better on them. Yeah. But put out too many counters. No, I, I, don't I don't think, think that's I've ever, ever done happened. That. I've had put out too few for myself. Yeah, I've done that. I put out the wrong counters. I mean, most of my stuff is just d- dumb stuff. Yeah. And I only resort to cheating. I don't know. Probably every probably every game, there's some cheating going on. Is that too much? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Yeah. One out of eight <laughs> on a close game only. I told you how we cheated at uh, playing Uno. No, I don't think you. My did. brother-in-law and I would hum songs would have the color in it like yellow rose of texas uh-huh when we're playing in pairs in uno because then he would know to play a yellow card so i can go out oh when it got to me. <laughs> oh uno yeah and we just did that to be funny we did it once yeah did I, nobody caught you no did a lot of money change hands we, that night <laughs> yes right there's yeah. no money and oh, we no money. confessed okay. at the end when we won and had a good laugh and they're like you cheaters we're like well it's kind of like a joke joke yeah cheating. I don't think it's no. cheating Fun if, to see if, if we can you do it. confess it later. and <laughs> That's not the same. No. I'm talking about the cheating that keeps a guy up at night. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why I'm not sleeping well. Because you're cheating. Too yeah, I'm cheating too much. <laughs> Now you want to talk about, so I try not to cheat much, but stealing. You know that whole extra set of counters I got over there? Yeah. I picked those up at DSL Open. Did you? Someone yeah, left just them walk, laying around yeah. that are playing a game somewhere yeah. else. Snag the whole set of the guy's yeah. stuff. So yeah, cheat, uh, stealing. I don't have yeah. a problem with it all. You just go. You can go up to any guy and you could say, uh, "Dave Goldman wants to talk to you." <laughs> and so he'll he'll leave the table. I just sweep everything into my umbrella. <laughs> all those counters. That's not a complete set. You got to make sure you grab his uh, Plano. Yeah, plastic. The Plano plastic. Plano. Plastic boxes yeah well how did we get on the moral issue i don't know know. that was nice a little conversation (laughs) not for me so this show i think i was trying to say so we're going to take oh yeah we recorded a what you've been playing lately previously yes we did and we're going to move this show ahead of the interview for a special reason we can't tell the listening audience right now (laughs) and ready to go ASL fans, this Sunday, 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 May 29th, at the Hyatt Regency SFO in Burlingame, California. Big, big, big ASL Madness. Kinks, Franks, and Yanks. Shits, Crits, and Brits. Smokes, Dewey, Shermans. Banzai, Lushido, Badasses. Trenches, Menches, and Frenches. Brewskis, Kruskis, and Brewskis. Be there, be there, be there. Ready? Let's begin. Let's do some letters. Do we have any music? And that means time for tinny sounding letters. Tinny letters. Because we're not in our regular studio. Which really adds a certain amount of excitement to the show, don't you think? It sure does. 
Like, you never know what's going to happen when you're outside of your usual comfort zone. Yes. So I have a, a letter here. I'm not sure why this. Uh, this is one of my favorite things to say as we're doing letters. I'm not sure why we started this one. This it's one's because from back in January I of this year. I usually them. And it is from, uh, I think it's from our friend... Our friends over at Ritter Krieg. Oh, ding! Time for a Ritter Krieg ad. And it just says, Hello, two half-squads. We have published a new blog on our website, 3D ASL Denant Map, and much more, Denant 1940. After 30-plus hours, the 3D Denant Map for the up, uh, upcoming ASL campaign game covering Rommel's famous crossing of the Muse is complete. I will be delivering it to Dan Dolan at Winter Offensive, on the 21st of January. If you're attending the convention, be sure to check it out. And then there's a link included with a very beautiful 2D photograph of this otherwise 3D, 3D. map. Well, maybe and it is a beautiful thing. Put the link in, and it reminds us to talk about our sponsor, Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. Yeah. Folks, be sure to go to Ritter Creek. RitterCreek.com. Dot com and... Order your ASL stuff. You were just looking at the site, Jeff. Anything else in there? You a lot like? of great uh, ASL. He has a lot of great ASL products all in one spot, so you don't have to be flipping around from website to website to website. Here you can order dice and modules and other kinds of uh, little paraphernalia. Well, not paraphernalia. That would be for oh, something no. else. Correct. But he had, uh, like, some map <laughs> cases. He had a cool-looking ammo box map case. I, I'm not sure if he's got any of those left. But you always got to go check and Go back there often because stuff comes and goes, goes in and out of stock. And I believe you can still pre-order through Ritter Krieg. And yeah. You pay no shipping. No shipping on orders over $1 million. No. Any, and was same, it any order, right? Same-day delivery. No, stop doing that. You okay. always confuse the audience. All right. But it's free shipping. Okay, it's just a I lie. I think it's on anything. I just lied. I think it's free shipping. Yeah. And I don't know anyone else that does that. Yeah. Free. Free as in free. Even Amazon Prime, you have to pay to get that. Yeah. Yeah. So go to Ritter Creek. Do us a favor. And tell tell him the two half squads sent you. Yes, indeed. I have a letter from Marcus. It's a little bit lengthy. Uh, Greetings from Germany. If I apply the Kleinschmidt method of counting how many episodes of your podcast I've listened to, I'm well beyond 200. You brought me. That's because we count all the ASL extras and everything else. right. You brought me back as so many others, to ASL. And since I started listening to your podcast, I've even managed to play some infantry-only scenarios. At first, I thought I wanted to skip your banter, but found myself listening to the whole episodes, even when I listened to them the second or third time. Wow. There you go. He has one criticism. Why do you care about the criticisms of your listeners? Okay, most mostly you don't. Okay, he gets the right idea. Yeah, okay. we mostly don't. Um, And m- most listeners are great, aren't they? Yeah. Really, think about it. I try not to think about no it too hard. No negative comments, no... No, we don't have any... any uh, nobody's ever slaying us or bashing us or anything. I'm sure they talk poorly about us at all the tournaments. <laughs> he says, you um, if you want German pronunciations, we can email him. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Email us the German pronunciations. Well, we do have Robin, who speaks some German fairly accurately. Yeah. In episode 154, you brought up the question, why it's always the Resid 2 firepower that does the most harm? He points out this is because of the numbers. How many two resids are on the board, then that increases the odds that they're going to do something. Good observation, Marcus. That's true. Indeed. Sorry, I had to step away from the mic. I had to go get myself a beer. 
I'm uh, Jeff is drinking. I'm going to refer to myself in the third person. Jeff is drinking gluten-free beer tonight because I think I'm sensitive to gluten. This is quite good. This is called Omission, brewed with malted barley, specially crafted to remove gluten. It's a lager beer, and this comes from the great state. I can't tell where it's from. Oh, Portland, Oregon. Okay, that's doable. Notice I said Oregon correctly. That's doable then. Now, Marcus goes on to say, um, a suggestion. Most of the competitions have prices sent to the U.S. and Canada. So what about your European listeners? Like, you know how we don't like to ship things to Europe. It's very expensive. He says that he has a first edition rule book in a slipcase, which he would dedicate as a prize for a competition for a European winner. Oh, that's a great idea. Marcus, we'll try and remember to take you up on that in our next contest. If you're yeah. from Europe, you could win the ASL rulebook in a slipcase. It says, do you like the idea? I love that idea. Or is the price too picayune? <laughs> I think he's making fun of you, Jeff. I think he one. is. I'm going to leave that starred. Okay, So Good. we can remember trying to do yeah. that. Then we got an email from our friend Doug, who we haven't seen in a while, and he writes and says, uh, he's a local guy, but um, I don't think he's been playing much ASL lately. But he wrote and he said, have you guys seen or heard of this? Uh, I'm including the link. This just came out. It's called Tigers on the Hunt from Matrix Games, and it looks incredible. And uh, it does look incredible. It is a video game, a turn-based video game that looks a lot like ASL. All right. It acts like ASL. So that's our second link I'll try and remember yeah. to put on. So I'll leave okay. that one started so mm-hmm. I can grab the links. Yeah, I wonder if anybody's yeah. been playing it. It looks like fun. I'd like to play it, but uh, there's just too many things. We have these voice messages. Mm. We have a voicemail here from Jackson Kwan. Hello, Jeff and Dave. This is Jackson, the Hong Kong Wargamer. I'd like to, uh, well, on behalf of the organizing committee of the Mayhem and Manila Attorney, I'd like to convey our thanks to the following list of sponsors. And the list is long. Starting up with Multiman Publishing, Le Font Tire. Lone Canuck, Bounding Fire, Dispatches from the Bunker, and a crowd goes wild, woo! And uh, Friendly Fire, St. Louis ASL Club, Broken Ground Design, ASL Battle School, Kansas City ASL Club, and one Mr. John Knowles. Thank you again to uh, all our sponsors, and guys, if you haven't signed up yet, do check it out. This Mayhem in Manila. We're going to have a great time there. Think little orange umbrellas on pretty little drinks. Do come along. Have fun, guys. Thank you. Okay, and, that was a nice list of sponsors. Yeah, that was Glad nice. everyone's helping out with the show. Hey, yeah. why don't those people volunteer to give us prizes for our contests? We don't, uh, I don't know. We don't meet the stringent criteria. I think we apparently. need to start asking. I think we should. Well, I don't think that'll do any good, actually. <laughs> no. And here's a lovely voicemail from our dear friend across the pond, Alan Hume. Hi guys, Alan in Edinburgh here. I hope things are okay over in two half-squads land. I'm sorry to hear about the loss of Dave's father. He sounded like quite a man. I lost my own dad over 20 years ago. And while it still hurts, it does get better over time. We never got to catch up with Jackson Quan last month. He couldn't make it to Highlander Games in Dundee, unfortunately, which was a real pity as we were all looking forward to meeting him. I think he did get to London and to Leicester at least, though. Still, it would have been nice to meet him. Are you guys really going over to Mayhem in Manila, then? Did someone really pay your airfares? 
That's quite something if they did. I mean, I bet that costs a lot of money. Still, the return will be well worth it if you guys are going to be broadcasting from Manila. Jackson and his guys are really becoming quite the movers and shakers over there now, so it's all good. Anyhow, I saw Chaz Argent post the other day that Yank counters are on the way to the printers, so that's fantastic. Yanks 2 is something I'm really excited about, so that's going to be awesome. Okay, as I say, all the best, guys. Well, actually, Alan, we do not have a sponsor to Mayhem in Manila. We were just kidding. No, yeah, we were kidding about that. But if anybody would like to send us tickets, it's too late. Which reminds me, it's time to buy your hats, everybody. We still have about a dozen left. Oh, wow, a thousand hats left. A dozen left. Thank you for making that clear. So what is that? Twenty dollars. So why don't you just send us a twenty dollar donation, and, and we'll send you a hat, your address, and we'll get that in the mail to you. Get your hat, Half Squad's hat. It's summertime. And if you, the, the sooner you order, the sooner we'll stop asking for twenty dollars <laughs> for these hats. And do you have another letter, sir? I have an email here from Henry Coates, who left a post on our episode one fifty seven, Bing Bang Bong. The ambient music is just fine. Don't listen to that old man. All right, he's referring to somebody that wrote and said, please don't play the ambient music behind you when you're doing things like letters and stuff like that. It's too distracting. Now, uh, Henry Coates writes and says, don't listen to that old man. Also, please, more bongos. Someday I'll write a real comment to you guys telling you how I appreciate you and what all and how this podcast convinced me to try out ASL blah, blah, blah. But for now, heed my advice. Since I am in the coveted millennial demographic, your advertisers so crave. That's amazingly fantastic. MMP, boy, do you owe owe us. Yeah, thanks, Henry. (laughs) Because now look at this one. Came in our blogger contact form from Ryan. Hi, Dave and Jeff. Let me say, as a brand new ASLer, I am hooked on your show. I got to play my first game just two weekends ago at Kansas City Tournament. Walked away with a used rule book and a complimentary starter kit one. What a great community this game has. I've had several Vassal games from other fans eager to help out the new guys. I have no idea about the game Minutia that you guys get into, but someday I know it will all make sense. Nah. Oh, no. I don't think it will. (laughs) Unless you're one of those savant kind of people. From Ryan in Kansas. Welcome to the fold, Ryan. I guess he didn't say we got him into the game. but No, but we did. We'll take credit for that. MMP owes us big time. I think they should just... Give us stock in the company, maybe. A share or two. Jack Barnett wrote and said, with an email that says, Question for the podcast. I'm a player who is coming back to the game after over a decade. And in 2003, as anybody who lives in the northwest side of Chicago and its suburb knows, we had a terrible flooding. The truly tragic thing is that since most of my SL stuff was on low shelves and I lost most of my counters... While I do have a few Germans, Americans, Russians, and Japanese left to play, my Chinese and U.S. Marines were left untouched. Wait a minute. Yeah, okay. All right, my question is, what are your favorite Chinese Marine scenarios? Thanks again for a great show. Looking forward to meeting you guys someday at a Palatine ASL gathering soon. Love, Jack Barnett. I think I have Jack on the email list. I have not scheduled a game in a while, Jack. I'll get on that Passle game. And to be honest, I don't have any off-the-cuff um, answers to the favorite scenarios. I'd have to research and look them up again. Yeah, and I don't either, as you can imagine. Have you played any Marine? I don't Chinese. know that I've played Chinese? any Marine. Did you say Chinese Marine? Yeah, no, Chinese Japanese? slash Marine. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. 
Yeah. Are there some? The gung-ho stuff. Well, not against each other. Oh, okay. Right. That's what I was thinking. I'm sorry about your uh, flood, though. That must be a horrible feeling to go down in the basement and see that your most prized ASL stuff is on the low shelves. That'll teach you. Yeah, remember, I moved, I did move mine up a shelf, Jeff, but it's still pretty low. That's pretty I'm low. watching all this flooding in these other states like yeah. Texas and stuff. But you've never really had big flooding here in the basement. In no, the... we had small leaks. But yeah. these, these floods are like 100-year floods, like every summer in a different state, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the houses are halfway underwater. Well, we don't live near a river. There's plains. That's not close. That's 20 miles from here. Don't you think? Probably. <laughs> you think okay, you think we're safe? I do. <laughs> Nevertheless, I would move that stuff up a little oh, it bit. can't hurt. There's got to be the heist. And maybe some plastic cartons yeah. with, like, flotation devices on them. So if they get wet, they come to the top. I would even put in uh, inflatable paddles and some food. Th- that's a great I idea. I to, like, be sailing around on them. Well, you could, you could... Get plastic cases and then pack everything in rice, which would also then <laughs> act as a food source. <laughs> and it'll absorb the moisture to keep and it them dry. Yeah, right? that's right. Okay, yeah. Excellent. It's much tastier than silica, Mint which is Morocco. not that good. Mint Morocco has written and points out that uh, a message from Wargame Vault about Wizards and the Coast titles, uh, he got this from them saying there's a bonsai addition to the upfront card game. Has this all been republished? It's an old Avalon Hill card game, folks. In fact, we're going to talk about it next show with Russ Gifford. Yes. The move to the card games. And he says there's a desert war, adds the French and Italians, and a complete desert-themed action card deck. All right, so just letting people who love ASL might enjoy the card games. And here's an email from Jeffrey Baker entitled, Had to Laugh at the Banter from Episode 157. Jeff and Dave, I'm sure there are some overwrought souls somewhere who would opt to be offended by your remarks on language in the banter section of episode 157. With apologies to them, I found them hilarious. I just have to relate a quick story or two. I spent the majority of my adult life in Korea. At one point, I was okay at a slow child's level with the language. It simply isn't necessary. However, and with lack of time for upkeep, I'm back to the very basic level. Quick warning. If you get really good at some common remarks, native listeners suddenly think you're fluent. This creates great confusion. Anyhow, I do have to deal with people who speak limited English, and my small vocabulary and pointing don't always work. My wife's first language is Vietnamese. When we do business and the common language in is English, something amusing happens. Here we are speaking English, and she can often get the point across when I cannot. No, there's no similarity between Vietnamese and Korean. Vietnamese is tonal, the inflection matters, and the grammar is similar to English. Korean is not tonal, and the grammar is usually described roughly as backwards from English. Due to the influence of the Chinese, a limited amount of vocabulary is shared. Handy when I'm in Saigon trying to figure out from the signs which is the men's and which is the women's room. But the pronunciations are not even remotely similar. They would have no chance of understanding each other using their native tongues. Huh. That is that? amazing. We're getting, a, we're getting a, a language lesson here. Yet, even when it comes to English, she seems to do better with the Koreans with her heavily accented version of English than I do with my native English. No idea why. No judgment. Just hilarious. <laughs> so that's good to know. I well, And most importantly, I'm glad he's not offended. I'm, nobody really, nobody wrote and said they were offended by our... 
No, no, our not silliness. yet. Not yet. Or our show about uh, a lot about offensive things. Yeah, and that got through right. Right. So let's just keep. Yeah, not, let's knock get, on wood. Let's, get, let's keep our mouth with a miniature <laughs> green mat right now. Um, this has been posted. Uh, comment, but I got to read it because it's a correction. Single man counter can only recover a support weapon from a routing unit if it weighs more than the routing unit can carry. Does that make sense? A single man counter can only recover a support weapon from a routing unit. We said, remember, I said, oh, I, I keep forgetting they can do this, right? I didn't know this. The leader can, the guy's routing, the leader can take the weapon away, but he's pointing out that's only if it weighs more than the routing unit can carry. Oh, so, oh, so he can, so he's saying if it's a four portage point weapon, they can only yeah. carry three portage points. And they're routing, then they can't carry it. Well, they it. have to leave it there, but the leader can automatically recover it. Okay. And I think someone was saying, I also was saying that, like, he can take the light machine gun away from them if they're routing? Like, just wrestle it away from them? Yeah. Is that what you thought, or did someone teach you that when you were no, playing No, not that I recall. Okay. I don't, I don't so think it's that abandoned, it's left behind, when yeah. he can't carry it away, then he can automatically recover it, or maybe, like, not roll a six or something. Yeah. We have to double check the rules on that. But anyway, thanks for the clarification, people. And here's one from Dennis Donovan. Hi, guys. Thanks for running the commercial for the May 29th ASL tournament. I'd be thrilled if you did so again in the next episode. Also, please make sure to give Jim most of the credit for the commercial. I did the vocals, and he did the Mad Mix Master stuff. Yeah, Kublai Khan. Yeah, Kublai Khan. Yes. Others are more than welcome to come and play. And Jeff Donigin has written saying, uh, 20-year-old college student in New Hampshire, teaching myself ASL, starting with the Star Kids. Folks, this is exciting. He should drop out of college You're and getting... just teach himself ASL. Don't listen to Jeff's advice. Well, that's what a lot of the great... Uh... ASL minds have done Yeah, throughout the years. Yeah, Bob Bendis dropped out of school to study ASL. Look what it did for him. Yeah, Rich Spilkey. Rich Spilkey dropped out of uh, grade school, I think. Yeah, Brett Hildebrandt. Yeah. No, none of those guys went to college. No, I'm kidding. He's kidding. Yeah. He's kidding. Now we're going to get phone yeah, calls. No, now we will. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to stir up the... Hornet's Nest. And he says, so far all my games have been solo. Played Guards Counterattack, Tractor Works. Oh, those are some good, good old... Ooh, just makes me want to play those again. But I wasn't sure I was playing any the rules right. Hey, I'm listening to us. You don't have to play them yeah, right. Yeah, you don't have to. We we applaud you. He says, thanks for the podcast. I'm on episode 61 right now. Dave says, I don't know how to play the recorder, but I have one because I think it's cool. It's basically how I feel about the ASL stuff I bought in the last couple of months. So he's got a lot of stuff. And he's open for an interview if we want to interview another newbie. We did a newbie episode yeah. early. We interviewed the two guys, remember, that were new? Yes. Steve and, um, I can't come up with the other name. Baby Huey. But maybe I'll leave Jeff starred in case we do want to contact Yeah, we him. might want to do that. And you have one there? Hopefully he has a good Ken speaking Tan. voice. Hi, I'm Kenneth Tan from Singapore. Just starting out in ASL. Found the two half squads on Facebook. My email is, and he lists his email here, I'd like to join the ASL chat room on slack.com, please. Thank you. So I, I'm pretty sure I sent Ken that invite okay. to be on that. So and I, you know, I, I actually have not, I have not been on there lately myself, and so I assume it's still going, but I hope so. I'll have to check in. There's some good guys in there, and if you want to chat live with people it's uh i find it much more satisfying than posting stuff on game game squad for instance or even facebook don't really dig facebook that much and chris had sent us a 
guards counterattack video ASL. We're going to put that, I'm going to try and remember to link that up for you. Then Andrew Stewart wrote, and he left a comment on our Bing Bang Bong episode. And he wrote and he said, the Spine and Sprocket, Spine and Sprocket is a great podcast. Oh, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. That's our go, other podcast. Go check it out, folks. Spine and Sprocket. Book, movie reviews. Spineandsprocket.com. PJ Norton has Advertising Museum Fest, May 20 to 22. Well, it's today. It's today. It's going on, right? Even as we sprack. I hope you're all having a... Or is it sprack? Good time there right now, Even folks. as we sprocken. And then I have one from Thomas North in Brussels, Belgium. Oh. Can't say how much I look forward to your podcast. I'm dependent on them for good background sound. Something nice while I do something not so nice like ironing. <laughs> anyway, are you guys no longer using Apple iTunes to post? Yes, we are. It's working, isn't it? It's, wor- it's working. We're on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we had one We had one problem, right? We fixed it, though. I think uh, what he's talking about here is that we went through a great portion of April without posting an episode because we just had a lot of scheduling conflicts, oh. and so it may have looked like we had dropped off iTunes there. Yeah. Because uh, our the last episode we had was in March, and then he was he kept waiting and waiting. But it, we're back on there. Yeah. I mean, we, we were not off there. We posted right. our episode, it appears there. Yeah. We're, we're no and you have one from Jim Kloss? Jim Kloss writes from Eureka, California, and writes, Dear Jeff and Dave, I just wanted to offer my belated yet sincere congratulations on the 8th anniversary of your esteemed podcast. I've been a loyal listener since the summer of 2014 when I discovered your show during a random internet search. I've recently begun to re-listen to several episodes from the past years during my daily walks and on long road trips. So many fond memories, such as your frequent interviews with ASL designers, players, and other luminaries within the hobby. Who could forget the infamous episode 13 when Dave fell down the stairs of the broadcast foxhole? Oh, yes. And Jeff later electrocuted himself with his microphone. Mm-hmm. Apart from your various interviews and round tables, my favorite features of your shows are the multi-episode subjects such as Night Rules, the Japanese, and various phases of game turns. Which brings me to my next point. On more than one occasion, you have mentioned, dare I say promised, your intention to produce an episode on the Desert Rules. The North African campaign is a personal favorite of mine, and I think ASL does an excellent job of portraying this theater of Second World War. I would imagine that if you produce an episode or two on the desert terrain rules it would, uh, and its unique terrain and other rules, many players would be less intimidated by the contents of Chapter F. That being said, I'm sure that by now that you have both received a copy of ASL Journal 11, in view of some of your commentary in the past episodes regarding the MMP production schedule, Hakapale comes to mind. Did you read the slaughter at uh, Poniri, Poniri uh, Historical ASL, a first look article on page 19? I did. This module sounds like a classic in the making and will no doubt be popular with most ASL players. Did you notice the content of the last paragraph of the article? I'm specifically referring to the statements that the Poniri module has been over 15 years in the making and should be submitted to production by 2017. Bearing in mind the long gestation of Hakapale, are we to assume that the design, playtest, production, and distribution of this module will be somewhere in the 17 to 20 year time frame? Well, it sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah, and in that journal, is he done? Well, he just said, here's some fun facts about other projects that took less time than the Slaughter at uh, Paneri oh. module. The Golden Gate Bridge was built in four <laughs> years. 
Four years and five months. The Hoover Dam. Total construction time, five years. To be fair, these civil engineering projects employed a somewhat larger workforce than the design team at MMP, although on the other hand, the Hoover Dam and the Golden Gate Bridge seem to have been relatively errata-free. Hopefully, <laughs> Poneri will not require as much time to create as the Suez Canal. Who are we kidding? Even if it takes a quarter of a century to hit the shelves, I'm still going to buy it. In you closing, I, yeah. In closing, I want to thank you both once again for sharing your love of this hobby with all of us. Thank you for being the catalyst that ended my 10-year ASL hiatus a few years ago. I wish both of you all my best and hope to be hearing from you for many more years. Sincerely, your devoted listener and DTO aficionado, Jim Klaus. All right, Jim. Thank you, Jim, for that excellent letter. I am suspecting we're going to do that desert show this summer. Yeah, I think so. Because we've been just churning out. Journal, yeah. journal, journals product, and stuff. Journal, and product, journal, new product. There's so many new products. Yeah, they keep us hopping. They have, and we we both have been, you know, tied up with work and stuff. Like we haven't been able to devote as much time research to time. A, yeah, we've research been researching time. those journals too by and, reading those articles and well, coming up with true. some finding all the tactical advice we yeah. can find. Last letter here, Dan S. He posted it on the uh, show Damn. and tell thing. Mm-hmm. I think historical ASL never caught on because the boards are not to the ASL standard. I would have preferred they look. They took the standard boards and blown them up to 125, 150%. I'd pay big money for a board pack. I think MMP should put that on pre-order. Figure out what it would cost to blow it up and... All the boards? You know? All the boards yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be nice, too, yeah. I don't see any reason for them to keep... Well, I guess they've got to fit in the boxes. That's why they're printing them that size. You know, we just got an email in, Jeff. Just right, now? Right now. Six minutes ago. Doug Pearson. This just Guys, in. is it still possible to purchase the C4 countercutter? We actually do not know. I don't do know. Let me uh, that, see if I can look that up. But we can tell you one thing, Doug. We have a C4 countercutter sitting right there on my shelf to my left right now as I speak, along with other prizes for our next contest. Ah, so you could win a C4 countercutter from us next time. Coming up maybe next month we'll get around to a contest. Yeah. There's also the Scenario Designer's Handbook. Are we giving that away? I thought I was keeping that. I thought I'd... I'd better double-check that stack. Uh, lots of some ASL stuff in there. Let's see. I'm looking on... I'm seeing an ad here on eBay... There is a C4 corner cutter for sale right now for $12. There are a number of them on sale on eBay, so I would suggest that you check out eBay. Here's one for $12, and then here's two others for $20. So, And there's some other counter and corner cutter type devices uh, to look on there, too. So check eBay, I would say. That would be your best bet. Or wait for our contest and... Um, Judging by how many people get involved in the contest, I would say your chances of winning a C4 corner cutter are pretty good. All right, and that's it for letters. We are all caught up in letters. Now we can get down to the serious stuff. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? Dave, what have you been playing lately? Please tell me. Pray tell. That wonderful music means, what have you been playing lately? 
and I've been playing a lot of ASL, but it's been over the last like three months. I don't think we've done one of these segments in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. And I want to clear my file out so I can put these back into my three ring binders (laughs) and look what I've been playing. Game game number what? Wow, game number 1201. This is remarkable. I've hit another milestone. Yeah. Which, what milestone is that? 1,201. I guess that's a milestone. It is. If there's, if there's a milestone like a, at every game, then this is No, the, this next, is one, of them. the next one will be 1,301. Oh, the next milestone? Mm-hmm. Okay. After that, 1,400. And you know what's after that? 1,500. No, I'll be dead. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you think no, I'll make it that far? I think so. And You're going to be playing more ASL as you, know, as you get, I was going to say, as you get oh. older. And retired. And retiring, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure, sure. Fewer kids around the house. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of factors that go into mm-hmm. giving a person free time. And you're, I know Laura is, is really <laughs> can't wait till you can play some more ASL. And waste more time out of my life. Yeah. But this was game 1201. Well, that's really something. It was called Kabuki Theater. FT-126. You remember the Russian Revolution games, Jeff. Yes. You're still playing them. I, I got like three or four left, but it's hard, oh, to, wow. it's hard to finish them off because Timon and I moved to the... Um, you went back to do Hakapale, right? right. To we're play st- through it again. Yeah, we're still in that. And, and remi- uh, refresh my memory. The Russian Revolution scenarios came out with what? The... Um, from the seller pack number whatever from the Frank Latour. Oh, okay. Latour. Oh, yes, the, that's right. Yeah, the LFT guys in yeah. France. Okay. Um, this one was the Red Russians versus. Yep, it's true. The Japanese. Remember this ah. this game of of uh, adventures of scenarios was all on that other side of the Soviet Union, where more closer to Japan and mm-hmm. Mongolia and stuff. And it has your cavalry, a lot of infantry, similar to the other ones. A couple artillery pieces for the Reds. The Takzanka horse pulled AA gun platforms. Yes. All those are. Poor horses pulling those things. Uh, They use use the Italians for the Reds. Um, There's some fortifications. The Reds are on the defense. And I won with the Reds against the. Sorry, Japanese. where was this? Can you tell me where this was located geographically? Yeah. Kabarkovsk, Maritime Province in Siberia, wow. 1920. April 5th, 1920. Yeah, the Japanese could not suffer 25 casualty victory points, which I always like because it keeps them from being too crazy, even though they're a little crazy. <laughs> um, and they would win upon... Both controlling greater than or equal to two of a bunch of four buildings and controlling either two other buildings or two other buildings. So that sounds complicated, but it's not, Jeff. We marked them. Wow, it just came back to me. (laughs) We marked them with little markers at the beginning and tried to memorize. It's either these two or these two plus any of these four. And it was a little battle for the, the buildings fortifications in there, stuff. Yeah, pretty typical there. Well, typical for the Russian Revolution. Yeah. Then the game of... I don't, you know, I don't know anything about that. It, you could... Russian Revolution, I mean, I know a little bit. I know mostly what was going on over on the, the western side. You know, Moscow and all that. But what was going on on the eastern side? Yeah. I don't know. And this is, this, 
town. Car, I, I just looked this up. Oh. Car, uh, Kabarovsk. Car, Is that the right town? Yes, that's right. It's located 30 kilometers from the Chinese border. There you go. That's yeah, pretty far. About 800 kilometers east. north of Vladivostok. Okay, I've heard so, of Vladivostok. Anyway, right right over there. Yeah, I don't know anything about that site. i got to read about that. Um, and yeah, again, when you look at this game, you've got all these different factions battling away the, you know, the red Russians, the white yeah. Russians, the Japanese, the, the um, all kinds of people are involved. The Americans went in for a while and fought. Really? Yeah. I think it was at the Czech Legion that was trying to fight their way out of there, too, that's involved. And it's just lots of fun. Just give somebody an excuse to fight, and they're going <laughs> to... <laughs> do so just don't like that let's be peaceful everybody what else you got there i did not bring my uh game that dave and i played from the hakapale because i looked it over and went i cannot remember this for the life of me no i don't know how far long <laughs> this is j174 heart of athena this is a fairly recent game it's designed by pete Schelling, um and it is uh highly i highly recommend it this takes place in greece Athens, actually. Okay. Uh, 1944, mm-hmm. December 7th, a day that would live in infamy, yeah. infamy not on that year. And um, it had the elements of the ELAS partisans in Greece, of course, against the British. Oh. Well, why were they fighting? For communist takeover of Greece. Oh. And the British were already like, mm-hmm, and try and put that down. But yeah. it was very, very unique in the partisan setup. You have a choice of some fortifications to choose from, so it could play differently in different times. It had these four trucks, which were like exploding trucks, like, uh, what do you call them in the Middle East? Uh, not suicide trucks. Terrorists. Oh, yeah. Blown car bombs. Up. They're just car bombers. <laughs> Sure they do. Car bombers. Truck bombers. They're blowing up trucks. Blow. Yeah. Blow them up good. So they got blown up trucks in this scenario? Is that what you're saying? Gas MM trucks are ammo vehicles that must set up in a road. Hexen can only cross a road hexide, so they can't go between buildings or be sneaky. And they just come driving up. When they end their movement phase in an enemy's AFV's hex... The partisans can detonate this thing. Wow. I think it was like the rules for the Goliath. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't get one of these darn things to get into the enemy. Oh, no. Really? It's a truck. (laughs) So, players, before you play this, think it through more thoroughly than I did. I think you have to maybe launch a bunch of them at once. Because he's going to fire, first fire, defensive fire. And they blow up, so they blow up at a distance. Yeah. like the Goliath, too. Right, right. They'd be moving the Goliath up and just shoot at it yes. and blow up. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it'd be really fun to try try it again. Yeah. I'm sure somebody can get the trucks to work better than I did. I was playing Bob, so he's very, very, very smart. Mm-hmm. Really took it to me. I lost. Bob Barker, of course. Holmstrom. Oh. I lost as the Partisan. Partisans have the Molotov, DC's sewer movement, which I never used. I, maybe I should have looked better at that, and so on. And then the British got air support. So that was the other problem when you start driving your trucks up. Yeah. The British plane could come in and kind of strafe at it. it had no bombs. Yeah. 
Is that how you lost? How did you lose your trucks? Uh, I think, yeah, remember? one had to be to a plane, but several were to just defensive fire. Yeah. I think one I even, I think near the end, okay, I'm going to run through the resid and see if I can get a luck, you know. Yeah. I don't know. That didn't work either. <laughs> so I got blown. This seems like a scenario that'd be worth uh, revisiting, though. Absolutely. To see if you can really uh, get some use out of those yeah. trucks. Now, two episodes ago, uh-huh. We had a whole section about trucks and how to use them, but it never mentioned this particular use for trucks. Well, because these are ammo vehicles. Yeah. E rule E ten, and then you use the. Uh, but they're trucks, right? They're road. They're wheeled vehicles. Yep. They're not the gases. Yeah, yeah, the Soviet trucks. So anyway, highly recommend that one. Yeah. And um, I played Darkest Day, Valor of the Guards ten. Been trying to continue playing those with. Mark Woods. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of Barkloth, if he's around. Although yeah. now we're trying to do the rubble. I managed to get both of them out one night, so we did a three-person game. I took the Russians. And you can see this is a lot of counter-density. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, certainly the uh, scenario sheet is dense. <laughs> it's There's small. a lot of words and counters on here. Yeah, smaller print. So it's like taking a segment of the Valor of the Guards campaign game. Oh, and I see. Putting everything in there all at once and then playing that out in a shorter amount of time. And played on a section of the Valor of the Guards map. Yes, which looks kind of small, but it was it's bigger yeah. in real life, of yeah. course. And I took the Russians and one I was able to hold out in a certain block area. Um, can you read the victory conditions on that? Uh, yeah, let me just get your spectacles. Let me just put take out my uh, glass eye and put in a real one. <laughs> victory conditions. Provided the Russians have amassed less than or equal to 50 CVP, the Germans win at game end by controlling greater than or equal to 12 multi-hex buildings that are located within the Russian setup areas. Okay. Oh, now I remember there's a bunch of uh, Russian setup areas, so it takes you a little longer to get it set up. Yeah. So, again, I drew out little perimeters and laid the counters in there, and then you got to work between those setup zones to have a good defense one of the zones is a particularly good one to defend, and I can't tell you, friends, but you'll be able to tell by looking at it. It's more isolated on one side of the board. It's a triangle shape with some good rally places back in there. Harder for the German to surround it, and so I think that's a place you want to look at to hold a lot of buildings in for sure. Yep. Cool. All your standard vote G stuff, right? Lots yeah. of assault stuff. And right. Lots of sniper, it looks like, too. And uh, Yeah. Wow. That looks like fun. That looks like uh, it t- would take a while getting that set up. Yeah, that's one your defender wants to put some thought into. But it's six and a half turns, and it gives you a good flavor of the Stalingrad again. Yeah. In a short amount of time. Of course, that's by Tom Morin, our good friend. Our very good friend. Wow, is he a good friend. Man, we've interviewed a lot of people. We have. Now, the next one is SV5, Lions and Tin Men. Oh, my. This is Norway, and this is SV is, I forget, but it's the Swedish. Oh, I remember. <laughs> it's the Swedish. The Swedish Vikings, of course. <laughs> yeah, they have axes. There's no guns. There's yeah. no machine guns. It's just axes. Wow. <laughs> There's axes um, and allies. Swords. I got it. Swedish volunteer pack. This is oh the, the volunteers. The white counters. Do you remember this? Do you ever see this? In my oh house? yeah. <laughs> let's let's ruin another language. Yeah, you like Swedish meatballs yeah, on sure your did. pizza. Yeah, 
and it's um, my mom is Swedish. Do you know the white counters that came out? With that? I paid a hundred. No, bucks for I actually, this. you did you gonna, really? Yeah, they're going to reissue for this, white counters. Oh, they're cool. I've got something I can sell you. I'm sure <laughs> somewhere. Well, it's out of print. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. How could I have not seen those? But I don't think I've seen those. I, I'm sure at one point I showed you. It's it was a put out a one shot deal. You um, probably did. That was one of those nights when I was in a stupor. <laughs> you know who put this out was the actual. Oh shoot! Yeah, I should have brought the top sheet. Anyway, oh shoot! It's going to be re, uh, reissued from a MMP. Is it? I think. And uh, it they're all quick. They're all short games. It's a five turn game played mm-hmm. with Dave Timonen. Those are our backups when we're not doing sweet. Um, we're not doing Acapali because they involve a lot of fins. So oh, okay. Swedish volunteers went into Finland. Where does that one take place? This is in Os, Norway. Okay, well, I take it back. It's in Norway. Yeah. I <laughs> know uh, some are in Finland. And, and also, I thought, there's one on the back. Where's that one? This one, the one on the back is Norway? in Stein, Norway. Oh, maybe they're all Norway. Yeah. I'll just stop talking about it. But I love all these games. They're all short. They're tight. And you get the white counters for the Swedish volunteers. Yeah, and this was designed by Eric Leander, who might be he's, might be Swedish or Norwegian with a name like that. And Martin Svard uh, did the other one. Yeah, his name Norwegian Edelweiss. Yeah. And so, yeah, I won Yeah, interesting. I won this with the Germans. German went immediately when they have exited. Oh yeah, so this one, I took a little note on it and stuck it in there saying, uh, fall back. You got some fallback options, and you should take them as the defender. Um, there's three lines when you look at this map, 24, to possibly defend. And absolutely for sure, get back, cover that back exit area. You know, as you can imagine, it's got a couple stone buildings and some yeah. woods. So if you can lay in there, get your first fire and subsequent fire done properly, that'll really help you in the end game. Real simple strategy, but, and I did win with the Germans um, attacking. Dave couldn't fall back in time. I got around his left flank, cut oh. him off as he was trying to get to the stone building to cut off the left, and then I managed to break him. But it, but it was exciting, you know, turn before the last turn. If I could just get him stopped right here and break him, then he's not going to get to that hex yeah. next turn to get me. I think, no, I think, yeah, in fact, I didn't break them all, but I could put my men in advancing phase into zones to shoot at him in the open when he tried to get to that last building he had to get to. Managed to break them there. The rest of the guys could pull out and go off the left flank. So SV5. And... Sounds very exciting. Vote G. Valor of the Guards. Nine. Eviction Notice. Mm-hmm. Played Mark Woods. It's the second time we played it, and I lost with the Russian... I made a little note. He managed to get a demolition charge on my tank for the kill. Always exciting when you can get that done. Why'd you play this again? Why is this your second play of this? You don't usually play stuff twice. <laughs> no, and I don't remember. Hmm. Unless you're just w- working through those again. Oh, do we play it twice in one night? That's possible. I have a oh, victory against Mark and then a loss. Ah, Okay. And it's oh, it's four and a half turns. Yeah, and it's a real teeny board part of the Valor of the Guard. See, oh yeah, that is small. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we played that. It's like about twenty twenty hexes. Yeah, I'm sure it's bigger than that. But oh yeah, yeah, I won this with the Russians because uh, 
Well, there's control of buildings. Yeah, I must have blown them out in that first one. And then we went ahead and racked up for the second one. Yeah. Starting to be close. And then he blew up that tank as part of his victory dance. And that is what I've been playing lately. Wonderful. Now I can put them back in their binders. All righty, folks. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Yeah, we're going to skip the box art review and the Critical Hit magazine review. I did this huge 10th anniversary Critical Hit thing someone sent, one of our listeners sent us with all kinds of notes and a lot of teaching. And, boy, this alone would run an hour here. Yeah. We're just out of time. We'll do that the next show. And, and right now oh, we're going to play some ASL. The, after the Russ Gifford yeah, interview. Right, right. The following show, probably yeah. this Critical Hit, although we'll also start the next journal. And we'll maybe start our desert research. And what are we going to play now, Jeff, right now? Well, we're going to play something from the St. Louis ASL Club Historical Magazine, issue number one. And we're kind of itching to get get at it. It's called, this map is called Roadblock at Mithwafak. Be careful what you're saying. I better, I better be. And we're playing the first, it's the RAM1, Roadblock at Mithwafak. And it is in Burma, March 42. And it is like there's a version of this. It's a campaign game, Jeff. But there's three of these that go like back to back to back instead of it being a connected campaign game. Oh, okay. All right. And I I assume that this magazine is still available from, from this, St. Louis from the St. Louis I ASL bet. group. I would bet. So if you haven't had a chance to look at it, do a little uh, web search, find the St. Louis ASL group, and see if this is available and buy it. Yep. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Remember to roll Roll low. And rally very well. But But not not when you're you're playing playing us. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. go in the other room while I did this? Did you Is s- it cheating if you don't... Hey, those are my dice. You yeah, stole those so from good. my those, house. No, these are mine now. These you are, stole no, these, these are mine. dice.